0: Amen. We're going to have a look at John chapter 8 and verses 34 to 36 in the New International Version. And Jesus is speaking, and he, I'm just checking the time, I've got 30 minutes this morning, I'm very excited about that. <laughs> John chapter 8 and verses 34 to 36, he says, Jesus replied, so he's talking to the um, the Pharisees, he's talking to, be, talking to the legal rulers of the day. And he says, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And that doesn't mean, you know, as a believer that, you know, we sin occasionally. It means someone who is deliberately and consistently and habitually sinning as an unbeliever. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, But a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. That's what I want to talk about today, that we are free. We are free indeed. When we've made Jesus the Lord of our life, we're in the family. We're in the family of God. Our identity in Christ means we're in the family of God and we are free. And so, things that, when you're an unbeliever, you have no way of stopping or changing. Things like habitual sins, secret sins, general things like malice, holding grudges, anger, fear, anxiety, dread of the future, all these kinds of things that come to oppress us and hold us down, you have, you have no way of overcoming those. And if you go in any bookshop, there's a whole section on self-help, you know. And that's because people are trying to overcome these things and they can't. And so there's all sorts of new ways of doing it, coming out all the time. But Jesus said when we're in him, we're in the family he can give us the power to set us free from those things. So I was reading up on on the close or or the duration and the close of the American Civil War with Abraham Lincoln and during the war he signed the Proclamation of Emancipation. So that was the the title, the deed, to say that, that everybody was free in America, including the slaves in the South, everyone was free. So it was written that they're free, see? It's written that we're free. But most of the slaves in the South didn't know about that because the plantation owners kept it a secret so they could keep them as slaves. And so the people in the North would would try and get that out there. We have signed a proclamation that says you're free, but they were still living as slaves because they didn't know that. They didn't know they were free. The plantation owners continued to oppress them and work them as slaves. So some of the slaves found out and they would run away from their masters and escape to the north because in the north they were free. And others got the younger men to run secretly to the farms in the south, the different plantations and the, the coloured people, they were called then, um, they would gather together in little groups and the runner would come and say, something's been signed that says we're free. And then they'd run to the next plantation, it's kind of like sharing the gospel. And the ones that believed it, would escape and run to the north and be free. And the ones that didn't believe it, they were still free according to the proclamation, but they still lived as slaves. It's the same for us. It's been written, it's been signed. We have it in our Bibles that we're free. Some of us live free, we run to the Saviour And we live free. And some of us know it, but we don't believe it because things are still oppressing us and we live as a slave. But when we're in Christ, we have the right to be free. Scripture says in Romans 5 and verse 6, I, I didn't give it to you guys. It says when, and this is in the NLT, I like this. When we were utterly helpless... Christ died for us. So when we receive Jesus and we're in Christ, we are no longer utterly helpless. There is is a power, there is an ability, there is an anointing when we apply it to our lives to overcome things that are oppressing us. You say, well, what are we free from? All those things that I mentioned before, the habitual sins, the secret sins, The sins that drag us back, the grudges, the anger, the fear, the anxiety, the dread of the future, the worry, the things the enemy uses. God is fanatical, I'll just say this really clearly, God is fanatical about his people becoming free and staying free. When you read the thread of the Bible, Old Testament, New, and onwards, well, there's only Old Testament and New. So when you read the Old Testament and the New, the continual message and thread that comes through is that God wants his people free. So we see the the situation in the, the book of Exodus where the people of God were in slavery. They were in slavery to the Egyptians. The Egyptians were very cruel. And they were being um, worked ruthlessly. And God sent Moses. And the message was to Pharaoh, set my people free. That was the message. And it took 10 plagues. 10 plagues that God sent against Pharaoh because Pharaoh, who's a type of Satan in the Bible, wanted to hold those people in slavery, just like the plantation owners at the end of the American Civil War, wanted to hold the people in slavery. And so he kept rejecting Moses' Christ set the people free, and God kept sending plagues. And the final plague was when the angel of death came through and all the firstborn in the land were killed. But the people of God were told, have this sacrificial lamb, And take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorposts of your house. And when they did that, they were not only saved from the angel of death, they were set free. So for us today, as believers in the Lord and as believers who are in Christ, our sacrificial lamb is Jesus. And the blood of Jesus, when we paint the blood of Jesus on our lives by faith, we paint the blood of Jesus on our lives by faith, we are not only exempt from death, from eternal death, because our sins are forgiven, we are also set free. Now, I want us to read a scripture from Leviticus, and it says this, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt that you should not be their slaves. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. Now when the people of God came into the promised land, God gave them a whole lot of laws like rules to live by because they had only been slaves. They didn't know how to live in in their own society. And one of the rules he made, one of the things he kept saying to them, if you read through the book of Leviticus, and I know you you all love that. It's your favourite book. The book of Leviticus. What will I read today? Oh, Leviticus, yes. Um, but if you read through it, he constantly is telling them, don't make each other slaves. Whatever happens, if someone gets poor and they have to sell themselves, take them in, but you make them a servant. Never treat them as a slave. Never rule over a fellow Israelite ruthlessly. Always, he always had all these laws of how to treat widows, how to treat orphans, all these people because he never wanted his people ever again to be oppressed or to be treated like slaves. He said, I've made you free. I want you to stay free. And then he gives them this scripture. That the reason he does this, he says, I am the Lord your God. I've brought you out of the land of Egypt that you should not be their slaves. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. Now, I was going to use Caleb for this, but I might have to use you, Joel, if you would come forward. So if we have a look at it, the imagery, just there's good. The imagery, now don't face them. You've got got to look that way. The imagery that God is trying to give them here is the imagery of what they would do with oxen, very handsome oxen here. The imagery is what they would do with oxen in Egypt. And they would, you know, bend them down. No, just bend down like that. No, yeah, just like that. Just like that, yeah. And just load them up. Load them up with everything that was needed And this is how they treated them as slaves. And they would have a yoke around their neck. But also on that yoke, they would put a bar across. And the bar would be attached to the wagon. And the idea of the bar was that it made the oxen completely helpless. So the oxen were totally helpless. And the the driver had total control. And the idea was, God was saying, when you're in Egypt, this is you. You were bent over. You had all the weight of everything that you had to carry, and you were helpless. And this is our life often. Often in life, even as believers, we allow this to happen again. We allow the enemy to bend us down. We allow him to put worry. We allow him to bring shame. We allow him to put anger. We allow him to bring fear. And each time that happens, down we go. Down we go. Down we go. And it makes us feel helpless. What can I do about this? But when we were utterly helpless, Christ died for us. And so he says here, I've broken the bands, and some translations say the bars, the bars that go across. I've broken those bars of your yoke, and I've made you to walk upright. (laughs) (laughs) Some people, some translations say, I've made you to walk with your head held high. Some translations say, I've made you to walk so that you're free to roam. That's what God's heart is toward us as his people. Thank you. Handsome guy. So when Jesus came, Jesus came with the same mission. In Luke 4 and verses 18 and 19, he basically gave his mission statement. And in the mission statement, he says, I've come to bring freedom for prisoners. I've come to release the oppressed I've come to bring the year of the Lord's favour. He's basically saying the mission statement is the same. I'm here to set people free. And every time we see Jesus setting someone free, bringing healing, bringing wholeness, anything like that, we see the heart of the Father. We see what God wants for his people. We see that he wants his people free. It's not about getting born again and just living the same life. And some people think that. They think, well, yeah, I'm born again, and you know, it's just enough that I'm saved and I'll go to heaven, I can't expect God to do anything else for me. But he wants to. He wants to do so much more for you because he loves you and because you're his kids. We're in the family, our identity is in Christ, we're in the family, he wants to set us free. It's the same with giving, just this is an aside. A lot of people think, you know, God's done so much for me, I'm just going to give and not expect anything back. God's not like that. That's like a farmer saying, I love the soil so much, I'm just going to plant seed and never expect a harvest. You know, God wants us to work with him. He wants to bless us. So Jesus comes and all the time he's talking about freedom. All the time he's talking about releasing people who are oppressed. And so I want to look at a scripture in one situation in particular in Luke 13. Just going to have a drink of water. And he says this. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. She was helpless. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. (laughs) The Lord answered him, you hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years... Be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her. Okay, Naomi. Over you come. I was rubbing my eye and you pick on me. This is get. Okay, down you go. What like this? This is what Jesus saw. He comes into the temple. A little bit more. Bend down. Yeah, that's it. Comes into the temple. This is what he sees. He sees this and it makes him so angry that the people of God are still bent down. They are still helpless. See, Naomi basically is helpless right now. If she can't stand up, he can't ask her to make a cup of tea, she can't run, she can't hardly do anything, she gets herself to the temple and, and the guy who runs the temple doesn't even want her to get healed. But here she is, and Jesus sees this woman. He comes in. He knows he's going to get into trouble for doing this, but he can't help himself. He goes straight over, and he says, you're set free, and he lays hands on her, and she straightens up. So many of us as believers, we are like... Bend (laughs) down. Many of us as believers, we're like this. We allow the enemy to oppress us. We allow... You know, different things to creep into our lives and begin to weigh us down and bend us down. We forget we're in Christ. We forget that the Son has set us free. We forget we're in the family of God. And we forget that we have a right to be free. And we put up with it. And so we're walking around. I'm going to challenge you to walk back to your seat like that. Okay? So we walk around like this. We all come into church... (laughs) we all come into church like that. How are you? Oh, yeah, this. Oh, yeah, that. How are you going? Yeah, I'm like this too. Yeah, we're all like this, aren't we? We're all burned down. We don't have to be. I know that's easy for me to say. I know that there's um, an application of it. But we have to understand that in this, this situation, this is Jesus' heart for you. He wants you free. He wants you standing up. He doesn't want you afraid. He doesn't want you anxious. He doesn't want you feeling overwhelmed by anger. He doesn't want you concerned about your future. He doesn't want, yes, we have to do responsible things. We have to live responsibly. It's not like there isn't a burden and there isn't a yoke. Jesus said there is. He said there is a burden, there is a yoke, but they're meant to be light and easy. They are not meant to be oppressive and heavy and weigh us down, so we feel bent over. Yeah. I went through a stage in my life a few years back where every morning I woke up and I felt like that was me. I'd just get, I felt like in the spirit, in my life, not physically, I was just getting out of bed and going through life like this because I felt the weight of life. Yeah. And I had to get a revelation. This isn't how God has called me to live. Yeah. Yet there is a freedom, but notice here that religion or performance, living performance, living our lives with our own ideas, with our own ideas of success, our own ideas of doing things, it doesn't care how you feel. That ruler of the synagogue didn't care about that woman. He just cared about the law. He just cared about performance. He just cared about ticking the boxes. You know, we can get into that lifestyle where we just care about ticking the boxes. We just care about performance. All the woulda, shoulda, couldas. I should have done this. I should have done it better. I would have done that if I could have done that. I want to do that, and I should do that. I can't do that, but I should do it anyway. We live in that realm of performance, of the bar getting higher, another hoop to jump through, and somehow we think we'll arrive one day. And scripture tells us clearly we can't. And religion, ticking the boxes, doesn't care if you're bent over. Jesus cares if you're bent over. Jesus cares to set you free. But performance and ticking the boxes doesn't care. It will keep driving you. And we live in a culture that values possessions more than people. And this ruler did. And, and, they, and Jesus said to them, each of you on the Sabbath, you'll take care of your ox and your donkey. You'll take care of stuff, but you don't take care of this woman. Wow. So when we are in Christ and our identity is, is in Christ, we value ourselves. We value ourselves being free, but we value our brothers and sisters in Christ being free. In the Old Testament, God said to them, you have to make sure your brothers and sisters stay free. And if one of them did get so poor, they were going to sell themselves into slavery, God said their kinsman redeemer has to pay for them to to be kept free. They had to take care of each other. We can get so caught up in performance and and taking care of things that we're not setting, we're not making sure we're free and we're not praying and caring about one another to be free. But when we're in Christ and we're in the family, that's what we're called to. We're called to be free and we're called to keep each other free. And the kicker here, I love this, and I reckon Lara will love this too, based on one of your testimonies. The reason why Jesus said she should be set free was because she's a daughter of Abraham. She was a daughter. She was in the family. And when you're in the family, the son sets you free. If you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you're in the family. And Jesus' heart toward you today, today, was the same as what he felt for that woman that day. He walked into that synagogue. He couldn't stand it. You know, I know I'm going to get into trouble. I know they're going to want to kill me. But I am going to set this woman free. And that's how he feels about you today. He wants you free. And then we, go, we move along and we get to Paul in Galatians. And I love Galatians because... You know, we all, you know, the Apostle Paul was like an amazing man of God, but he was feisty. He got cranky. And, and sometimes, you know, some of the things he says to them in Galatians, like if Jason said that to us, we'd all just have to go after counsellors. Like we wouldn't be able to handle it. Some of the things Paul says is it's really strong. And he was so annoyed with them. At one stage, he he says, oh, you foolish Galatians. And um, that's probably bad enough. But if you read it in some other translations, in the message, it says, you crazy Galatians. And in another one, apparently, I've never found this one, but someone told me it's out there, in one that says, you dear silly idiots. (laughs) Like, he is so angry with them. Why? Why? Because they'd got born again. They had Jesus in their life. They were set free from all the oppression. They were starting to walk upright. They were free. And some people, some false teachers came in and started telling them, well, yeah, you've got Jesus, but you still have to keep the law. You still have to do this. You still have to do that. You still have to jump over these bars and through these hoops to be free. And Paul was so angry about that. In in one stage he says, they came in to spy on the freedom that we have, but we didn't give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved with you. He was so angry and he was encouraging them. You have to stay free. And so we look at it in Galatians 5.1 And it says this, it is for freedom, this is Paul talking to them, he's given them a little bit of a dressing down, he's told them off, he's laid it all out, and he says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You think, isn't that obvious? He set you free, it's for freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He says, stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't go back to performance living. You know, Paul says somewhere, I think it's in Romans, you know, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It he also says the law makes nothing perfect. The law is anything we do in our own strength to try and fix things. You'll never get it right. You'll never be able to fix things yourselves. You, we have to live by faith in the Son of God. He loves you. He gave himself for you. He knows how to fix things. He knows how to work things out. In the Message Translation, Galatians 5.1 says this, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. But it creeps in, doesn't it? That's why he says, stand firm then and do not let yourselves. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I think the New King James says, don't let yourself be entangled again by a yoke of slavery. So the imagery there is we're we're set free, we're bent over, we're set free, but then gradually the enemy comes back and begins to weigh us down again. And if we're not alert to it, he gets away with it. It was the same um, with the plantation owners. They tried to keep it a secret, but then when the slaves found out that they were actually free, they tried to trick the slaves into thinking, well, yeah, you're free, but you won't be able to feed yourselves, you won't be able to take care of yourself, so keep working for me and I'll feed you. They tried all sorts of tricks to keep them Captive, And the enemy does the same with us. We get free, but we have to make sure we stay free. When the children of Israel left Egypt and they, they went off to the Red Sea, the Bible says that the Egyptians looked at each other and said, what have we done? Why have we let them go? We've let our slaves go. They were doing all the work for us. And, and the Bible says that they ran after them to bring them back again as slaves. And the children of Israel were camped at the Red Sea and here come the Egyptians. And they were terrified. And and that's when God spoke to Moses and he said, tell them, same words, he says, tell them to stand firm. Tell them that this is my battle. Lift up your rod, which is the word of God, and hold it over the sea and the sea opened and they were able to walk through and escape. But the Egyptians followed them. You know, we have an accuser. Scripture says he accuses 24-7. He's wanting to drag you back into slavery. He's wanting to drag you back into performance. He's wanting to drag you back into anxiety. He's wanting to drag you back into depression. He's wanting to drag you back into fear but you have a right to be free. He's wanting to drag you back into that addiction or that secret sin or that habitual sin. He wants to drag you back, but you have to take a stand. Say, no, I'm free. There is power to set me free, and I'm going to resist. Jason spoke on this a number of weeks ago now where he said, you know, Scripture tells us to resist, and when we resist, the enemy has to flee. The battle is the Lord's. But there is a place, it says, do not let yourselves. So scripture indicates there it's up to us. Take that stand, hold your ground, and resist and declare, I'm free. I'm going to be free. I'm going to walk with my head held high. I'm going to roam around. I'm going to do what I need to do. And I'm not going to be drawn back into performance, guilt, shame, fear. None of that. We stand firm. When Paul um, was talking to the... I've got to stop. When Paul, uh, when Paul was talking to them and he, he... I might just finish with Galatians 5, 6. <laughs> <laughs> that was a whole different train of thought. I won't go there. Galatians 5, 6 says this. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. He means by that neither performance or whatever you try to do to make things right, whatever you try to do to fix things, it has no value. He says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. I just want you to close your eyes for a moment. And I just want you to say that with me. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Let's say it together again. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Now, keep your eyes closed. I want you just to visualise or imagine, or think about whatever you would say is the most significant thing that is pressing down on you right now, whatever it is that is causing you to be bent down, whatever the enemy's using, it might be an illness, it might be um, something, yeah, physical, it might be something financial, it might be something relational, something emotional, something that you have allowed to have a foothold. I just want you to imagine that And now let's say that again. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Jesus has got it. He's got it. He's looking at you this morning and he's wanting to say, woman or man, child of God, be set free in Jesus' name. And he's wanting you to walk upright and know you're free. He's wanting you to believe it. He's wanting you to run to him, just like those slaves ran to the north because they knew there were people there who would embrace their freedom. Jesus wants to embrace your freedom. You're in Christ.